Welcome back to the Photo Op Podcast. I'm Stuart Marlantis. And I'm Ben Lucas. And uh, we're switching it up a little bit today. Me going first. Casey. (laughs) Yes, welcome to the Photo Op Podcast. We talk about all things photo and video. So we are starting off our new season here in the new space with Mm -hmm. listener questions. So today's question comes from Kyle. Kyle asks, when you're doing professional headshots, when do you use a white background versus when do you use a dark background? Ooh, interesting question. Do you... I do way more headshots than you do, but rather than me talking to myself, do you have (laughs) any thoughts or input about when you would choose one over the other? Uh, Sure. Um, When you you choose a white background when you want pure white and a (laughs) dark background when you want pure dark. (laughs) Ooh, that is deep. Philosophical. I like it. Uh, well, think- I like eighteen percent gray with RGB splashes. Actually, so you know this white and black stuff. I'm not. Into. Uh, I'm inclined to agree. Actually, a one hundred percent black background is bad. Dark gray or white. But mm. that said, I really think it comes down to one: ask your client. Um, two, if your client doesn't know or doesn't care, um, ask what the intended use is, because if the intended use is something that is going to be more editorial, like a magazine. Maybe you want to go back a black background with kind of more dramatic lighting. Um, if it's something that is like professional headshot for a website where they're going to be on the site with many other people, maybe you just want to stick with clean white. Um, it also depends, you know, who is the person and what kind of persona are they trying to attract? Because, of course, you can always get a, a smiley or or a more serious shot on either one, but I would be much more inclined uh, for the white background to have the upbeat, joyful, happy ones versus um, kind of more serious, like dramatic actor. Here's the cast bill. You're probably going to want to shoot that on a darker background. Um, Also experimenting with, uh, with environments, uh, just making sure there's something clean back there. It doesn't always have to be on a studio sweep, but Yeah. yeah, that's, that's kind of where I would approach it or do both mm-hmm. or do gray and light it and change your camera setting so it can look either very white or very dark uh this is legit <laughs> my triple click <laughs> setup you get you get a colored backdrop a black backdrop and a white backdrop and i have changed literally nothing except what lights are aimed where so that's you can be super extra and have a have a setup that takes you six hours to set up and tear down and do that so the answer to white or black background is yes. uh, neither different lights. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if if you could only afford one, I'd honestly go with a medium gray because you can neon blast it with light and get white or you can just flag it to make sure no light touches it and get yeah. black or anywhere in the middle. I would say if you really had to do black or white, from my perspective, white, white. but really gray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Gray is um, the real answer, but like if you are only picking black or white white is more useful yeah uh i think white in general unless there's something specific that you kind of want to do like we like we Mm -hmm. talked about with um the actors or if it's just um this is an attorney's office and they're trying to look really powerful people or like magazine editorial stuff Mm -hmm. i think i blathered blathered about that for a while thank you kyle for the question thanks kyle so what topic do we have coming up today 
Well, we are two years into two weeks of lockdowns. So oh, we're, man. We're, we're this talking. has been the longest March ever. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about uh, COVID like everybody else is, but specifically COVID um, as it relates to the photographic industry and how it has changed. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I, I will start by saying the the just kind of lockdown on uh, people getting sick, people losing work, mm-hmm. um, all of the different reasons why people are not going in and things are not getting made is leading to, uh, you know, the lack of microchips is leading to the lack of of camera availability for those of you who are trying to replace or buy new stuff. Boy, Sony right now, they have cut like new product lines entirely. They yeah. just stopped manufacturing Can- because they Canon can't announced that uh, they're not going to have flagship DSLRs anymore, which um, crazy. essentially we joke a lot on this show is the DSLR dead? And the answer is usually no, that's stupid. But this time, yeah, it is. We Kinda. talked about, we talked about that. Yeah. But um no, I I think just everything's kind of crazy right now where things are getting cut of like it's not necessarily bad, but um the landscape mm-hmm. is changing and it's not done yet. No, it is still in flight. So anything that we discuss today, I mean, who knows, right? It could totally You change. watch this a couple months from now. Actually, <laughs> this will be interesting. Watch this a couple months from now. <laughs> tell, tell tell us in the comments what has changed from what we talk about today. That'll be that'll be an interesting Please be better. <laughs> oh dear Lord, please be better. So yeah, what yeah. do you what do you think? How how is kind of the landscape for photographers and video people changed? Well, beyond the obvious of like, you know, during the shutdowns, a lot of things uh, were either delayed or canceled entirely. Um, I work in tech um, at the moment and uh, intend to continue to do so for the indefinite future. Uh, That makes in the moment made me seem like I was about to jump, but I'm really not. Um, But yeah, I work in in tech. And the thing that I've noticed that's interesting about this photography, photography sphere, video sphere there is... Um, there's like even more of a need for it because so many oh, yeah. people in that sphere have moved remote and you lose something moving remote. There are lots of positives to going remote um, and I benefit from that a lot. But your commute is about however long it takes to yeah, go from your bedroom downstairs. to the hallway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's very good. There are lots of good things. Saving a lot of money is great. All that's great. But um, there's some emotional connections that you lose talking through a screen. Um, and a lot of that I feel like has been not replaced, but there's a, lot, a big attempt to compensate for that by including more imagery, whether that's imagery of employees or a lot of stock imagery or um, people shooting video on their phones, mm-hmm. um, often vertically, unfortunately, for those of us that are editing oh, it. But God. there's a lot of, of like Stuart, crowdsourced Stuart, imagery happening. I have a confession. Hmm. This week I shot a vertical video. Uh, Unacceptable. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Unacceptable. I, I, I will do penance. <laughs> Well, I mean, as long as it's for the web, I guess I will. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, please continue. Um, but yeah, I, I I see a lot of this kind of crowdsourcing happening. Now, this is not, you know, professionally shot photography for a lot of this crowdsource stuff. It's, it's you know, asking employees. It's asking... Who's got an iPhone? Like, yeah, please hey, send take, in a photo. Take some yeah. photos, take some mm-hmm. videos. Um, but that's being augmented by a lot of professional stuff. Um, a, in my experience, a huge increase in the consumption of stock 
photography and stock video. Um, but you know, there's lots of things that are being produced internally. And I feel like a lot of the stuff is, is being like, we had this sort of shift. I feel like where companies move to like outsource a lot of their photo and video needs. Oh, absolutely. And at least in my perspective, granted I'm only one person, I feel like a lot of that's coming back. Like there's more plans to bring production back in house because, it's frankly, it, it it can be a lot easier. You if you have a photographer on hand full time, if they need to go and do something or you need something, you don't have to coordinate with an outside source any, anymore that might have other um, other uses for their time. And so, having a photographer in house um, or videographer in house for streaming and stuff can be very beneficial. Since a lot of this stuff is remote, um, you're seeing things where you need to coordinate. Um, streams, you need to coordinate videos, you need to put out lots of learning material that you used to do in person, like in a classroom-esque setting. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of that is still needed, and that needs to be to a high degree of production quality, so that you know, the message is heard, and people people learn, and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, And remote, that has been a huge challenge. I have been personally part of efforts to improve remote production, both in-house and coordinating coordinating with external photographers and that is very difficult and it's not a solved problem but we were trying to solve it (laughs) so yeah um and streams huge increase in streams as you might imagine oh obviously um you know the the normal like you know meeting virtual meetings but also the true one-to-many streams where a you know higher level manager or c-suite executive or whatever is, is talking to employees through a stream and those used to be done in person i mean oftentimes they would have a yeah. partner stream but now it's all stream all the time and we're kind of straining under the weight of the production needs for that so it's a really interesting, interesting time i could see a lot more now this could go totally the opposite of what i'm saying but i could see a lot more in-house stuff being spun up um, due to the convenience and the ease of being able to point a photographer or videographer at a problem whenever you want. I I, I have a... Before we kind of pivot to outside of the big Mm -hmm. corporations, um, how much of that do you think is going towards bringing photographers in-house or people to make media? And how much of that do you think is just eliminating that position entirely and relying on non-professionals to provide all of the photo and video for the media that they're using? Because everyone has an iPhone. Yeah, I think it's a mix. I think I think it's uh, the majority of it right now. I'm, I'm seeing probably... 60 40 maybe 70 30 of non-professional to professionally produced content um but that there is a need for higher and higher quality content i'm seeing more of a pushback um in this space from uh of the perspective of like yeah okay so we we had to do that for a while and that was that was fine like we you know, we, we had the tools that we had available, but we really need to step this up and do better and higher quality stuff. Um, and I am, uh, even in my narrow sphere, I'm personally seeing spinning up internal production spaces again, um, bringing employees for that specific use. So it's a mixture, um, but I am hopeful that that's, that internal photographic talent will continue to increase in uh, over time. Uh, because I think those were some of the glory days of photography, at least for those of us that didn't want to do like portraits or weddings, um, is you had in-house photographers. Like, you know, my my dad uh, retired from Boeing and he was a photographer in-house for Boeing doing scientific stuff. And that was a really cool, different 
way of mm-hmm. approaching photography and a different type of photographer that would do oh, that. Oh, absolutely. And that, you know, a lot of that shifted out, was outsourced. And so a lot of that was just totally kind of eliminated inside the company, which really sucked. And I know that there were, um, you know, issues with that, not just from the employees, but the company having to coordinate like all this extra managerial and coordination effort yeah. right, to get anything done. If you got somebody in house, then it's way easier. So I'm hoping that we see a shift back toward that kind of stuff. But, you know, with remote work, who knows? I mean, some That's stuff l- just has to be shot in person straight up. So um, there's it is so much, very hard you know, to so shoot a headshot over yeah. Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not so good. So I am, that's kind of what I'm seeing right now. Granted, that's, you know, totally subject to change, but um, I'm seeing a need for high quality and that need increasing over time. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens, but it's encouraging. At least in my narrow slice of the world, it's gotcha. encouraging. Yeah. Um, well, I can, I can talk a little bit about my half fit because I have zero experience inside a corporation. Well, for the past, however long this has been going on, you've been waking up and doing meetings and kind of working within a team. Mm -hmm. I wake up and go, cool. What am I doing today? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and of course, you know, there's, there's, uh, still, I still have client meetings. I still have client requests. Um, I just fired off, um, basically all of the stuff that people, um over the holidays weren't gonna be their christmas card but they're like you know what i'm tired let's wait until you know first of january to start um looking at those galleries again um so it's funny because right now my balance sheet is ridiculously down but i'm paying for in january for all the stuff they bought in december so that's just back to life but um yeah there's i mean jobs have definitely dried up in kind of in kind of like the private area when you're not working for a big company um i (laughs) the summer of 2020 was going to be the most weddings i've shot in a single summer yeah thanks um (laughs) they are starting to come back that's for sure um people are getting vaccinated people People, are only waiting so long i know (laughs) i know people are getting vaccinated people are getting their boosters people Mm -hmm. are just kind of coming to terms with the fact that this is never going to weigh and kind of trying to sweep it under the rug one of the things that is going to be 100 percent in my studio Mm -hmm. is uh basically whenever anyone comes over uh there's going to be temperature checks and there's uh my my hand sanitation station at the door um that's just like a fact of life now um because i'm i'm not a big company but like i have to keep my clients and anyone who comes over safe Mm -hmm. um i need to make sure that you know we're all we're all staying safe in this crazy world um i don't really want to move to doing zoom sales Mm -hmm. um because there is something here let me just grab a book Nice and tactile about touching an album and flipping through an album and actually seeing that book in person that you just don't get um, over a Zoom meeting. Like when I'm trying to describe what's the difference between a metal and an acrylic Mm -hmm. in person, you're just like, oh, that's a metal. That's an acrylic. I get it. But over a TV screen... I'm holding it. Are you seeing the reflection just right? Is that is that making sense to you? Do you do you, let me? No, that's not. So so in person, especially for kind of like private sales, I feel like essential to kind of um, stay safe. Yeah. When it comes to when it comes to kind of what I think the landscape looks like, it's funny because a lot of my friends, especially my friends who are DJs, not photographers, mm-hmm. they're actually reorienting they need money so they're working on cad or graphic design or web development oh boy 
And just like, you know what? I've been a DJ for a long time, but I didn't get any weddings and I need to feed my family. And I'm seeing that with a few photographers as well, although I'm seeing some people pick up photography as the alternative to the job they lost. Mm. So I feel like that's an interesting dynamic. Some photographers are dropping out because they couldn't get any clients. I, I'm going to be honest. I came kind of close to that. I made like $7,000 one year when I should have made a lot more than that of yeah. just like everything disappeared because there there were people didn't feel safe especially kind of the early yeah early beginnings i mean there um, was a total lockdown for a while where yeah. nobody was doing anything yeah I mean, it was yeah. illegal to do yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff for a few months yeah um so yeah there was a uh, I feel like people are people are getting safe and having more knowledge and understanding, and these mm-hmm. things are starting to come back, and we need to do it kind of in a safe way. And it's not to say that um, all the jobs are gone because they're not. Um, but I think what's happening is jobs are coming back that aren't necessarily um, the same ones. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all the weddings are coming back. But all the weddings are coming back in in budget form. Mm-hmm. They're not looking for 14 hours of coverage. Yeah. They're looking for five to six. Well, and I think we're also seeing demographic shifts at the same time where not only did COVID kind of delay everything and people's, you know, belts have to be tightened financially a lot yeah. of the time. Um, we're also seeing a shift from you know now it's more and more millennials and older uh older zoomers that are getting married nowadays and mm. like a lot of them don't have as much money as previous oh, generations absolutely so not. yeah it, it's it's kind of double a double whammy i feel like of uh mm-hmm. a bad a bad situation um yeah one of one of the things um I would like to say by the time this airs, but I think it'll probably be in the week or two following. Um, I do video work and video work is not really a thing that I advertise, but I've been working over COVID to come out with, we've been working on it together actually, mm-hmm. uh, to come out with a brand new reel. We are currently one shot away from releasing that into the public. The other 99% is done. I just have a placeholder title card saying insert yep. shot here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so uh, doing doing more video, uh, mm-hmm. doing more uh, doing more product work. Um, uh, as early pandemic, there was a brewery, um, uh, Lucky Envelope Brewing. Um, I will actually link to the tutorial that I did for the products uh, down in the description for this podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I did a tutorial on kind of how to get the invisible mannequin look because I was shooting a whole range of product photography for them yep. because uh, they legally could not have people in their establishments. They couldn't sell their beer, so they started selling merch, T-shirts and hats and stickers and stuff. Um, and then eventually they were they were labeled okay to you know open and go, and then labeled okay to like okay half capacity, all of that stuff. But um, there was a boom in the early part of pandemic of like my wife sews. And she was sewing masks nonstop for like three months. Um, And it was kind of boring because masks aren't that hard. But like there was the new demand. So I think if you're a photographer and you're out there and you're losing business, um, you can try and get that business back. But don't smash your head into the wall. I think what are the things that are in your skill set that you can that you can kind of shift and pivot to. Yep. So, so I, I used to tell people 50% of my income comes from weddings and 50% comes from everything else. But going forward, I don't know if that's still going to be true. There might be a lot more video work. There might be a lot more product work. Mm-hmm. So 
um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I think things are going. It's it's agree, starting the, to get a little more clear, but it's still kind of an uncertain picture. Yeah, the the singular uh, the the singular I only do X genre of photography person I think is a a very rare breed, <laughs> maybe totally going extinct at this point. Like uh, this this diversification. I mean, this is diversification, right? Like it what is. we're doing right now is is something that. Um, theoretically a photographer wouldn't need to do unless they really wanted to hey and guess what uh for those of you listening this podcast is absolutely free but if you would like to help us monetize it you can go to our patreon it is patreon.com slash nom creative as in om nom nom uh right now the tier we have is one dollar it's a tip jar just Mm -hmm. tell us that you like these episodes uh and back to the show thank you for listening to our sponsored message diversification (laughs) (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Me! this episode. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, that, that's that's something that I'm seeing a lot too. Um, you know, I started off in my career kind of intending to go into like film, and you know, go. I've briefly explored going to Hollywood and that sort of stuff, and um, I just you, like, yeah, you had like TV news media. Yeah, I, I didn't really. Uh, I, penciling it out i i didn't feel confident that i was going to be able, be able to make it work and that was pre-covid and so i i did this other direction and did i got into tech and did more web design and increasingly now graphic design and and that sort of stuff um so i got very much into the design field and uh, but still very multimedia yeah video still very multimedia type. for yeah. sure for sure um but that's how I diversified, and and I have stuck with that ever since. But um, yeah, I feel like that's that's a good way to go. I mean, if you're in a creative field, if you are a photographer, and you feel like, what well, what do I do? Like, uh, I f- I feel like you've got more options than you think. You've got a Absolutely. creative eye. You've got a ability there that can cross pollinate with other skills, yeah. and you just need to try those skills and feel uh, feel out what you uh, think you should do. Absolutely. I think that is kind of a good place to wrap up Mm -hmm. our conversation. Um, So for those of you listening, thank you so much um, for, and if you have any questions, uh, Stuart, how can they send in their questions? Uh, Hello at photo dash op dot show. (laughs) Yeah. Go ahead and email us uh, and we'll uh, be answering a listener question at the top of every episode. If we start to get a backlog, Oh, wouldn't that be a fun problem to have? (laughs) If we start to get a backlog of questions, then um, we might just do a question episode, but yeah, we are going to try and get through all of your listener questions. So thank you guys so much. Stay tuned for the next one and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week for our diversification. (laughs) If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo-op.show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at non-creative. As in om nom nom. Share this with a friend and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Because it's free.